Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, November 14th, 2018, week 10 in the books, and as we look forward here to week 11, it's uh, getting getting deeper into the football season here. It's pretty crazy. It seems like not too long ago it just kind of started, and now the, what, the playoff picture is pretty much rounded into form for the most part, and uh, we're getting, we've just seen that a few times here where some teams look to have some questionable uh, motivation efforts, but... Anyway, let's uh, head upstairs, still in Minnesota, bring in old Crabber. Wake up, Crabber. How you doing? <laughs> oh, good one. How long are you working on that one there for, Frank? <laughs> oh, I got to bed around 2, 2.30. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, how's it going today? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Just, you know, busy with work, getting stuff done, yeah, and, uh, you know, monitoring the, the lines here, trying to uh, get something going as we get down the home stretch. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Working away, uh, slaving, uh, slaving away up here the usual. But uh, yeah, so I get to get into get, let's get into some football and uh, try to get some some winners here this week, huh? Sounds good to me. Uh, first, let's start it off and do a little weekend ten recap. The weekend recap. All right. So how I know we uh, this is the first time in a few weeks here where we've able to watch the games together and not really a whole lot of uh outside you know factors or anybody else kind of to uh compete with so we just had a pretty uh pretty nice environment there to catch all the games and you know watch them intently and root on our bets and whatnot and it turned out to be maybe the most boring week of football i can ever remember in my, in my lifetime it's just i remember the early slate was halfway through and the games at halftime we were like all right which game that we had the saints uh saints Bengals on our main screen here the the center screen and we're like all right which one should we flip to our, our our featured game here and we started looking at them and we're like uh redskins six over the bucks three i mean it was just a brutal week but how did you do from a betting perspective yeah it wasn't fun from a viewership perspective that's for sure and from a betting perspective i uh, liked quite a bit on the card another another big pretty big card that i released and uh, talked about the podcast but Ended up losing a little bit. I think I was down about a unit. I think I went two and three on releases. It's kind of a little PO'd because I I thought I released uh, Cleveland plus the points. That was one of my stronger plays that I had. Most money I had wagered uh, last week. But for whatever reason, I looked at my release plays and it wasn't on there. And then by the time I realized it was a little too late to, to release it to the subscribers, or not subscribers, but anybody that subscribes to the Roan Sports, I guess you could say. So I was kind of a little pissed off about that. But to even inform, I also like the Chargers uh, over in that Oakland game, which was a strong play, and I ended up not releasing that one either, so kind of evened out. And then didn't get to there with the Giants, which I kind of like, but uh, another one I didn't get to and uh, didn't release it, but bet on it myself. But that one ended up getting there, but it was a little lucky fashion. But all in all, yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't too good of a weekend. 
Uh, one of my stronger plays, my pick of the week, New England over 46 and a half. Uh, kind of got a good number there. Like where that one was going, like the, the handicap. And <laughs> like I mentioned to you, I'd, how much money would you have bet to get over 46 and a half if Tennessee got 34 points and you need uh, New England to get 12 or more? <laughs> how much would you bet, especially there at the second half? They uh, they didn't get any any points in the second half. They got completely shut out from a New England team. Uh, pretty crazy. So like I said, I like that bet, but uh, I'm not getting there. But I did get that Tennessee side home. But yeah, I don't know. All in all, it was uh, not not the best weekend, but could have been worse for sure, especially for how how wrong I was on some of these sides. So yeah, that's I ended up I go I went two and three also, but both my two wins were unit and a half plays, so I ended up basically breaking even, lost a little bit of juice. Uh, it's I don't know. I'm I'm just off this year for the most part. It's even like some of them that I was kind of on the edge on went have really worked out that that good for me. So. It, I don't know, it's just a weird year where it doesn't seem like a whole lot's making sense, and it seems like the public crushes a lot. Like we were saying in the early games that Tennessee kind of wrecked that, and then uh, Cleveland beating Atlanta kind of wrecked it. But other than that, um, the, the the public just seemed to, to to be rolling for the most part. I guess the Chiefs ended up not covering either. Arizona had come back and get that cover. But uh, I don't know, it's just a pretty crazy year where a lot of times, like the Saints game, it's just, all right, who's the better team, regardless of the points, regardless of the spots, go ahead and bet them. And it seems to be working out quite a bit this year. So it'll be interesting to see if there's some uh, you know, harsh regression here the last few weeks and into the playoffs or what. But uh, anyway, yeah, so like I said, it's too bad. It wasn't a better viewership from a, from a fan perspective last week. But what are you going to do? Hopefully, uh, hopefully next week's better and then – I know we both lost our, our play of the week again, which is becoming an alarmingly terrible trend. But uh, that's just the way it goes, I guess. Um, so, all right, let's do a quick little recap. I think you said there's only one instance here where the number came into play last week. Getting the best of the number. Yeah, like you said, I think we got one uh, one game was all I had and wasn't really that even good of an example. But just uh, briefly here, Jacksonville. Indianapolis, Indianapolis opened their three, and I saw some spots, uh, I think, at Boyd and Vegas and a few other shops closed two and a half with a little bit of juice on Indy. That game closed 29, or uh, sorry, landed on three and finished uh, 29-26 there, and I was kind of a little bit lucky there with the way it ended up playing out there at the end, but that's the way it ended. Um, but, yeah, not a, not a great example by any stretch. It was uh, not, not widely available by close, so we definitely had better examples in this segment, but that was about all I could find this week, and... Like I said, kind of a goofy year. We usually have quite a few of these every week, and it's been uh, pretty uh, <laughs> pretty scarce. So, yeah, I guess it kind of just uh, speaks volumes of the, the, this year's NFL. Yeah, definitely. It's been a lot of a lot of blowouts and a lot of the favorites just rolling week after week. So, all right, let's. Uh, that's enough about last week. Let's jump into this week, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we got to start somewhere, and let's do it uh, right now. All right, yeah, it's... Uh, Forget this, just about every week, but I know you mentioned it before the pod. Uh, there's a lot of, there's what, six teams on by this week. So we got the Bills, Browns, Dolphins, Pats, Jets, and Niners. So a lot of pretty bad teams. That's what, four of the, maybe even five of the bottom ten. So hopefully, you'd think that'd set up for some good games here. <laughs> Unfortunately, you'd, I don't know. You'd if it, think. If it, yeah, I don't know if it totally does or not. But uh, first one's pretty intriguing. The Thursday nighter, we got Green Bay heading to Seattle. It's not quite a loser leaves town game, but it's we're getting there. Both of these teams pretty damn close. Yeah, they're kind of fighting to stay. Well, I think the Seattle's pretty much dead in their division, but fighting for a wild card. And Green Bay is still in the division, but can't lose a whole lot more and still have hopes of making the playoffs. So, looks like Seattle is a 
two and a half with extra juice or maybe a three point with juice towards the dog uh, at home here and a total of 49. Yeah, my power in here is Seattle minus two and a half. The Westgate Superbook there in Las Vegas opened two and a half. Look headline from the week before at Westgate. Uh, that was two, Seattle minus two. And the total here opened 49. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, it's, I, I kind of want to bet Green Bay in this spot, if anything. Uh, but power rating kind of has it right where it's, it's sitting right now. Um, everything. And then also just a hard trend to kind of buck with the, the, the way the home field has been, uh, the home field, home team. With home field advantage there on Thursday night football, just been a absolute monster this year for uh, for betters uh, back in that home field uh, team. So I don't know if I'll be able to get to the windows. I mean, with just that point alone, it's either Seattle or pass for me. Even though I'd I'd like to back Green Bay, but just there's too much too much travel for Green Bay. They've been going dry, going back to playing some tough teams to play the Rams, to play the Patriots, traveling all around the U.S. Um, you know they've got their frequent flyer miles booked to probably get some free trips there in the off season. You'd think, but. Uh, yeah, and then going to a tough place to play in Seattle, probably the uh, probably the hardest place to play in, in all of football. So yeah, not not a good spot for Green Bay here at all, uh, and especially adding the short week and non-divisional game. I just uh, yeah, not a good spot for Green Bay. I only look at Seattle, but I just don't think I'll be able to get to the window. But uh, just not where the numbers at here. I just uh, stay away from me most likely. So yeah, I I kind of like Seattle. I've never been really a fan of them most of the year. I don't think they're a great team by any means, but I, I do think that the Packers just kind of continually get overvalued just because of the Rodgers factor and they, those things where people, I think, realize that the rest of their team is mediocre at best, and I'd say below average, and then McCarthy, I think, is one of the worst coaches. That uh, People always come back to it before they bet against the Packers. They really want to bet against Rodgers, and it's not a comfortable thing to do by any means, and I totally get that. Uh, so I, I think that it's there's always a little bit of extra support for the Packers for that reason. And besides that, there's kind of a public team. Whereas Seattle, uh, like even last week, they ended up getting the cover against the Rams. I know you had that and I had that. And I think that was a fairly sharp play that got there pretty easily where they could have easily won the game. Well, catching yeah, one nine late. What? One of the few last week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, they were just running all over the Rams and, you know, it could just be a deal where they play the Rams tough, but they've been playing pretty pretty solid football here for about a month straight uh they lost the chargers last week or you know whatever you know, a week and a half ago now uh and we're somewhat it's kind of close they only, only ended up losing by eight but the score probably was, wasn't quite indicative of how that game went uh but other than that they've you know they blew out the lions at the lions they blew out oakland and in, in london which isn't super impressive but then kept it tight with the rams twice so I don't know. Uh, and then before that, they beat the Cardinals and the Cowboys. So they've been playing pretty solid football for the most part. And a spot like this, like you said, the Thursday nighters, the home teams had a huge advantage pretty much week after week. I know I liked Pittsburgh quite a bit last week on that Thursday night at home against Carolina. And that was, uh, you know, never in doubt. Good uh, good bet there. So I, I kind of like Seattle here. And then it's pretty crazy. I was looking at who these teams have played. Neither of them have a signature win, really. I guess the Bears at home for the Packers on that opening night, they beat the Bears by one, which I guess you could consider, now looking back on it, a really good win. But other than that, the Packers have beat the Bills, Niners, and Dolphins. Yeah, I was going to say, you forgot about Green Bay beating the Dolphins last week. (laughs) Yeah, boy, is that impressive, that Dolphins squad. And then you look at Seattle, they've beat the, the Cowboys, Cardinals, Raiders, Lions. So the best wins probably the Cowboys or the Lions, and then the 
the Packers can kind of hang their hat on that one point win against the Bears, and that was before the the Mac trade too, I think, or was it or was that preseason? I don't I don't remember, but either way, he was just getting acclimated to the team at that point. So getting acclimated. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I guess it's a long-winded way of saying I kind of like Seattle in the spot. All right, now on to the Sunday games. Looks like the first game here we have is Carolina at Detroit. Looks like Carolina's laying three and a half, four on the road with a total of 51 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Carolina minus two and a half. Westgate open, Carolina three and a half. Look headline, Carolina two and a half, and the total here open 52. Uh, this game here, of course, Carolina played that Thursday night football game against Pittsburgh, so they're going to be coming off some extra rest. I don't know. I don't really put much into that game. I mean, I'm, I've been pretty high in Carolina all season, so I'm not really going to jump off them uh, on a, as, as an, a high point for them for any, any stretch. Like I said, I think it's a pretty bad spot for them. Uh, you were on Pittsburgh last week, you said. and Right spot there, right uh, right, right, pick, right side, right pick. And, uh, you know, just like like I said, I wasn't, uh, I'm, not, I'm not really going to downgrade them for not showing up 100% there um, and, and not winning that game, not taking care of business. So, uh, with that being said, I mean you're you're definitely paying a tax now on the I, I would say a little bit on Carolina, but more so on this Detroit team. I think they're just kind of uh, markets are kind of just jumping off their ship. So and and I, I don't blame them. I was on them. One of my I want to say strongest plays of the year, but I definitely had quite a bit of confidence and thought it was a pretty solid play against uh, Car- uh, Chicago last week uh, with Detroit. But just was just was dead pretty much from the start. I had really no chance, no faith, and it, it, the score is pretty. Uh, you know, pretty pretty deceiving as well. I mean, I don't know how many how many kicks was it that he hit off the post, the goalpost, the Chicago kicker, like four, four. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. It just my God, that was pretty impressive. He had pretty good aim, but uh, at the same time, it uh, like I said, the scoreboard definitely was a little deceiving from that final. It was even probably worse than it looked uh, from that Detroit perspective. So, long story short, here, yeah, Detroit. I just I don't know if I could back him here. I think it's for me. Like I said, I'm higher on Carolina, but now you're you're paying a pretty big tax here on the road laying more than the field goal so uh for me it's it's detroit or pass but i just i, I really can't bet detroit right now i don't think uh, i don't think we'll really get to the window unless this line gets out of control which i don't expect happening so most likely a pass for me on this game yeah that was frustrating last week with the lions they were the quote-unquote sharp side and i was kind of debating jumping in on them and i was like well i think that's x too many points but i think i made the point last week on the pod it might not matter that the lions have not necessarily quit, but are kind of waving the white flag on the season and just aren't playing with the same kind of effort when they go up against teams that have something to play for. It, it, you might be getting a couple extra points of value, but it might not ultimately end up mattering. And um, alas, I, I fell for the bait and ended up jumping on them when I was getting seven at even money. I just thought that was kind of a crazy price. And I'm like, if you get any kind of effort here from Detroit or the Bears make any kind of mistakes in this game, I feel like Detroit can cover the seven. And the Bears... Yeah, like, but he's had the kicker made four gave gave up whatever uh, twelve eight points, and because uh, two of those are extra points, so he gave them just oh. gifted them I thought there four were one, or one, six one, points. It was a, oh, it's two and I thought three were okay. Yeah, I thought there's okay. I think so. I don't know. I could be wrong. Either way, he missed four kicks, and uh, they they kind of gifted them. They got that onside kick, and it's like if you think you're catching seven, and a team the other team misses four kicks. And you get an onside kick, you think there's a pretty good chance you're going to cover that game, and they still lost by 12 and didn't cover. So I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say the Lions are unbackable the rest of the year, but at this point, coming off basically three straight no shows, I I don't want any part of jumping back in on them. I think the numbers probably right. I think there might be a tiny bit of value on Detroit. Just Carolina's not really a team I trust, especially on the road, laying more than a field goal. So. 
in a vacuum, I'd probably lean Detroit, but I just don't really have any interest in backing them after what I've seen here for the better part of a month. So I think uh, it's, a, it's a stay away for me on this one. And even the total, I think Detroit games, you kind of want to lean to the over. Just the fact that Stafford, they seem to fall down early, and then you have Stafford slinging it and usually puts up a bunch of garbage stats and points at the end. But a total of 51.5, that's not on the really high side, but it's definitely you know, on the relatively high side. But I think both these teams have the potential to kind of, like I know Carolina, they absolutely run those like long, you know, short gain type drives that ended up being successful, but they end up taking a lot of time off the clock. So even if both teams have some success, but they aren't just slinging it around the field, it might be pretty difficult to ask to get over that. So just no real opinion on this one for me. Uh, Dallas heading to Atlanta is the next game. Looks like Atlanta's three-point home favorite with some extra juice and a total of 48. Yeah, my power rating here, Atlanta two and a half. Westgate open, Atlanta three and a half, even money. Look at line, Atlanta four and a half. Total here open 48. Yeah, I, I don't know. This this to me is just a game. Uh, I I really don't want to back Dallas. I was I thought they were, I was pretty impressed by what they did by Philadelphia. I liked the Philadelphia game last week. Didn't end up releasing a play or anything on it, but did move quite a bit in in, in that fa- in my favor. I, that's why I kind of stayed away from releasing it. But that line got it kind of crazy, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, boy, this is just kind of like that Detroit game. It's just like this is just too many points. <laughs> I don't care. I, I like I like Philly here, but at the same time, and that's a Sunday night I'm talking about now. Last week, but I like Philly here, but it's like. Boy, it just—it's just, at some point it just gets out of whack, and then you know that's where that line got him. I mean, it got as high as eight. It was just uh, you know pretty ridiculous, and yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like uh, like I said, look headline, look headline four and a half, and Atlanta had a no show against Cleveland, so I know that's part of it. And then also Dallas looked good in prime time, so I mean that's that's compounded in. I'm, I'm not even—I'm kind of surprised it's not even coming a little bit lower because Atlanta had a little chance to save their season there against Cleveland, and I know like I said, I was on Cleveland last week against Atlanta, so I, I like that spot. I like how they. Played against them, but at the same time, Atlanta looked pretty, uh, pretty dead, and uh, not, uh, I don't know, a little bit alarming for an Atlanta backer here. But I don't know. For me, I really can't back Dallas here on the road. Going to Atlanta, tough place to play uh, in the dome. It's just, uh, I don't, I don't really like this, like the setup here for Dallas. I feel like this is a game where Atlanta might look to look in form again and have a game like they did against Washington. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be on the Atlanta side if anything here, but uh, yeah, little little pricey here at three, so we'll see if it comes down at all, which I don't know if it will. But uh, yeah, if, if I can get a flat three, I'll probably be involved, uh, maybe a small bet, but still don't love the game. Yeah, I mean Atlanta, I just haven't been a believer here for basically the whole season, and last week came back to bite me with that teaser on Philly, even though I'd already lost going into that game. But <laughs> regardless, they still uh, came back, and I just didn't believe in them at all. As far as Atlanta goes, um, I, I don't know. I, that was just kind of a strange game. We, how many times did I point at you and say, like, how bad of a throw is that by Matt Ryan? Like, just head wide open. It wasn't, like, down the field bombs by any means. It was little flat routes to the, to the running backs. He just wasn't even like coming close to giving him a chance to make those catches so that was a little alarming but that being said when you look at it from a spot perspective you got Atlanta coming home after a fairly non-competitive loss against Cleveland you feel like they're probably going to be focused they're still still in it not not in great shape but they absolutely have a chance to still compete for a wild card here with this many weeks left um and Dallas they got that huge win against Philly last week in prime time so they still need to win because they're there's still a couple games back of Washington and it's not like they're gonna you know have no motivation by any means but at the same time after playing one of their 
biggest rivals in primetime like that. Now you turn around and go on the road for a second straight week. I just think this is a great spot for Atlanta. And uh, I'd, I'm with you. If he gets onto a flat three, I really like this play. But I think it's worthy of a small bet even at three minus 20. Uh, just I, I think these teams are relatively equal. I'd maybe I think I do one thing I have is I've undervalued Atlanta. Or I mean, uh, the Cowboys defense and then their front seven in particular. Uh, I think it's one of those things where it is kind of if you're not following the team super closely, you can kind of overlook some of those non-flashy plays and players and whatnot. And I think the Cowboys defense is more solid and probably a little bit undervalued in my mind from where I had them earlier. So I, that thing, one thing that would scare me, but I, I just don't know if Dallas is going to have as much success against the Atlanta secondary as a lot of teams do. Cause I just haven't been a huge fan of Dak or the Atlanta offense in general. So I like, uh, I mean the Dallas offense in general. So I like Atlanta here quite a bit. Next game is Cincy at Baltimore. Uh, do you see a line on this one or? Yeah, no, I don't see anything on the board for this one. Um, yeah, just uh, nothing here, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Flacco. He's the reason why there's nothing on the board and nothing in question. I, like I said, nothing, yeah, not even that one book. So I guess uh, it's a big uh, big, big difference there between the quarter, the, the rookie quarterback and Flacco, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, I don't know. We, like we said earlier in the podcast, Cincinnati, I, we, we bet on last week. It was about the mother of all perfect spots for him to, to take down the – off a bye there uh, at home against the Saints, and just couldn't look any worse. They had that one first drive, and they looked halfway decent. But after that, it was just pretty much dead from from there. And that defense was just absolutely horrific. And firing their defensive coordinator, and now it looks like Marvin Lewis is coming in to take over the defense. And he uh, looks like they hired your boy Hugh Jackson to to help him out from Cleveland. So he's got a job already. What do you what do you what do you say about that? I just think it's kind of strange that he a couple of years ago when Zimmer was the D coordinator, and since he and they were a pretty good team. Marvin or uh, Hugh Jackson was the offensive coordinator then when Marvin Lewis was the head coach, and then he got a head coaching job based on his offensive coordinator stint there in Cleveland, and then was obviously widely reported, wildly unsuccessful in Cleveland for the last handful of years. Well, I don't know and if we can quite like to that yet, but he, he was yeah, on his way to. Let history judge <laughs> his stint there. but And then it wasn't like their defenses were particularly impressive by any means, and now all of a sudden – they bring him in as a special assistant, like your guy Brad Childress used to be for Andy Reid in Kansas City, but then they have him focus on the defense. Like that just doesn't make much sense to me. But I guess that's the uh, Bengals for you. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, unbackable from my perspective from until we uh, until we see something different. Yeah, a little bit like the Lions in the last or a couple games ago. I feel like they're kind of similar. They have some talent, not Super Bowl contenders by any means, but the something's just missing or something's not there right now. And until further notice, I don't think we'll be on either of these two teams. Uh, all right. Next game is Tennessee at Indianapolis. Looks like Tennessee, or I mean, uh, Indianapolis is a two point home favor, the total of 48 and a half. Um, yeah, I think we, you skipped that New Orleans game, right? Yeah. Well, that oh, one went to a late, to a late start. And then the Vikes game got flexed to the, Sunday oh, night, I so you. I got you. I went to the next nooner or the next early game. All right, sounds good. Yeah, ten Indy, Indy uh, at home against Tennessee. So yeah, let's do. Uh, yeah, my power rating here: Indy one and a half. Westgate open. Indy minus three. Look headline: Indy three. Total here open forty-eight. Yeah, boy, I just don't know what to do about this game. I mean, um, looks like we got a little bit of money coming in on Tennessee, which kind of can expect from the performance against the Patriots. Pretty dominating performance, like I said at the start of the podcast. I. 
I didn't think that's the team I had to worry about putting up some points, but they uh, dominated the scoreboard, dominated the stats, just pretty much everything, just dominated Belichick and Brady. And uh, that that over I had for them last week, it's pretty frustrating when they pull Brady halfway through the fourth fourth quarter and sit him on the bench. It was uh, pretty tough to watch. Uh, Just basically waving the white flag, Belichick was, and uh, put him, yeah, just saying, yeah, we surrender here, we're going to give up. So it's pretty tough. And uh, anyways, yeah, with this game here, it's just, it's, I don't know. I I don't I don't think Tennessee. I'm not completely bought into them, but at the same time, I think Mariota's getting healthier. That's part of the reason I liked him last week on that over, and 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 the Tennessee side. And uh, I think he's going to continue to get healthier. He he looks better, but I still don't have a whole lot of faith in him. I still take luck over Mariota. I think hands down. So I think here, um, if you get anything less than three, which like I said, less than three, a little bit of money came on Tennessee. So at two, one, two and a half, anywhere in there. I mean, I think I'd, I I look, lean towards the Indian, Indianapolis side here with luck. I feel like. They're kind of rolling, but the only thing that's problematic with them for me is they just haven't beat anybody. They've done a three-game winning streak, but they really haven't proven anything. So a little bit uh, a little bit weary of that, but like I said, I don't think I have a whole lot of faith in this Tennessee team either, uh, especially in this spot after a big uh, big couple wins off primetime against Dallas and then now against uh, one of the bigger upsets of the weekend against the Patriots. So I think the spot uh, a little bit towards Indianapolis, so I think if anyway, I lean Indy. Yeah, I think these teams are relatively even. I, I hear what you're saying, though. They haven't really beat anybody too impressive here, which they haven't, just the Bills, Raiders, Jags the, the last three weeks, so it's definitely not a overly impressive slate. But I I actually have been a fan of Reich, the, the new head coach there, and his aggressiveness, and the fact that Luck's been pretty healthy and throwing the ball all over the place. And uh, I think, not that his receivers are significantly better, but at least he's got Ebron back and T.Y. Hilton's there playing good football so and then they got Doyle back as the other tight end so they're his receivers like we maybe mentioned last week you were asking like does he throw the ball weird or something or how come how come everyone drops the ball on him just ridiculous amount it's kind of just shocking to to watch it how frequently that happens but I think for the most part his supporting cast is is improved from where they were early on in the season when everybody was banged up for him and then now they've won after they won a few here they're back to four and five and only a couple games back at Houston, and then the sixth spot in the AFC for the wild card is pretty open. So I think they're going to be pretty uh, kind of they're feeling pretty good and pretty motivated and coming in here looking like they got something to prove. And um, I mean, like I said, you have that aggressive team. I just kind of like that spot with yeah, I, I think the somewhat better to much better quarterback, and then you got Tennessee conversely, who's rolling too. But I think they're going to be a little bit more taxed coming off a primetime game against Dallas and then coming back on a short week uh, against Vrabel trying to get, you know, show his, uh, you know, show his chops to his, his old coach uh, Belichick last week in a pretty impressive effort. I think not that you'd expect this to be a flat spot by any means, because Tennessee needs the game as well. And it's, you know, in their division game. So of course they're, they're going to be up for it. But I think as far as the spot goes, I definitely lean a little bit towards Indy. And I think they're at least, I think they're probably a pretty similar team. So the fact they're laying less than a field goal at home here, uh, I, I lean to to Indy. And then it's their what third straight game? Or no, I guess they went to to Oakland a couple weeks ago, which kind of a buy. <laughs> so they played at home two of the last three weeks, and then they had Oakland mixed in there. So I think they'll be the much more rested team and uh, just kind of uh, you know a little bit better spot here. So I, I like Indy. Next game we have is Houston at Washington. Just both these teams are about as, un, as little fun as possible to watch, in my opinion. 
He looks like you got Houston coming off the bye, laying three on the road at Washington with a total of 42 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Houston minus three, Westgate open, Houston three, even money. Look headline was a pick em, and the total here open 42 and a half. Uh, Houston coming off a bye here in this spot, and um, yeah, boy. I just... Two six and three squads, though. Are you kidding me? Two oh, division leaders? Yeah, this would be a primetime game. Yeah, it's funny because I don't, I don't I honestly don't even look at the records. I couldn't even care less about the records, how deceiving they, those are, and I think that's a perfect example of you know which which one's worse here i mean i i think washington in their current state i mean you could say the offensive line that's been uh detrimental and that's the reason why they you know look kind of phony as their, their record states but at the same time it's just yeah i don't know at the current spot here it's just you know i want to fade both these scenes for the most part just which one do i want to fade more and i think i'd probably rather fade washington but obviously the market does uh, has definitely caught up with that as well so uh boy i just i don't know if i can talk myself into lane Two and a half, three with Houston on the road here. I mean, they are coming off a bye, but yeah, I just I really don't like this Washington team. I mean, that'd be the only way I could look myself. But I mean, more than likely, I'm just not gonna have any kind of bet even close on this one on this game. Yeah, pretty much gonna echo those thoughts more in a vacuum. If it was a pick 'em on a neutral, I'd obviously lean towards Houston, even though I don't trust them. Uh, but obviously, where the market's at, if you force me to pick the game, I'd reluctantly take Washington. But I want no part of Alex Smith and a near pick 'em price at home against a non-bottom feeder team so pretty easy stay away from me and uh, hopefully one of these teams wins in impressive fashion and we can bet against them next week uh speaking of not having a lot of interest we got tampa heading to the giants giants off their big monday what here we go yeah giants off their big monday night when they're rolling laying one one and a half at home the total of 52 they are rolling that's right uh Power rating here, Giants won. The Westgate opened. Um, before Monday Monday morning, before the Monday night game, it was a pick em, And then after the Monday night game, so Tuesday morning, uh, the Giants opened one at Westgate. Look at line here is Tampa won. So I went from Tampa won to a pick em, and then Giants won. So just moving by one every uh, after every event. And then uh, the total here opened 52. Um, like I said, the Giants are on Monday night football, so they're coming off a short week here. So that was a short week of practice, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, another one, I'd, I I don't really need to belabor this, but I mean, I guess if anything, I mean, I, I feel like Tampa, I mean, they look at the stats last week against Washington, and boy, I, they didn't score any points, but if you just look at how many, over 500 yards, I think it was, I think that was the first time in history, I think, did you hear that too, well, first time in history that that many yards were put up and that little, that few points were scored, like over 500 yards and three yeah. points or whatever it was, and something crazy, I don't know what the exact stat was, but um, I, I don't know, and to, me, to me, I think that has to do with more, I don't know if there's really anything behind that. I don't think Washington has a stout red zone defense or anything. So I don't know. It's just more fluky than anything. I'm not, I'm not sure. I really couldn't pinpoint it, I guess. But all I know is I feel like uh, if you're giving me points with uh, Tampa and Fitzpatrick, I, that'd be the way I'd look. But, again, I don't uh, I don't know. I don't really know where the heads are of these, this Tampa Bay team. I don't really know where their heads are at. So it's kind of hard for me to, to jump on board when they really don't have much to play for kind of season's dead after a big start and they're kind of, you know, the big balloon got deflated after they started off hot and then been haven't won like one game or something since. So kind of a rough go of it here. So I feel like that'd be, you know, a few weeks ago, I would have liked this more for the Tampa Bay side. Cause I feel like they were still at a chance to uh, something to play for, but not that they're giving up by any stretch, but I, I don't know if I really want to be going in on a team where I need their full effort. And I don't know if they'll quite bring, especially after the giants feel like they still have a chance to uh, make a run, even though you know, I, I don't have any faith in that at all, but yeah, I guess uh, lean lean Tampa Bay, but definitely not uh, not strong opinion uh, yet again. Yeah, just I don't want to back either of these quarterbacks. It's as simple as that. 
Uh, Eli played okay last week in their win at San Francisco, but I just have zero faith in him going forward. And Fitzpatrick looked pretty good when he came in in relief against the Bengals and came in through the, through the back door against me a few weeks ago. But then two weeks ago when I was on him against the Panthers, and then last week he looked pretty pretty uh, suspect. He, that turnover-prone, the picks Patrick came back instead of Fitz Magic. So <laughs> if you know, it's hard to tell necessarily. He's a little bit of a got a whack-a-mole feel to him where he, who knows where he's going to pop up and which version of him is going to be. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just don't that'd really be a want either. That'd be a pretty fun arcade games. game to put out there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll be staying away from this one and uh, look elsewhere. All right. The last early game is Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. Rematch from the playoff game last year. Only flipping venues. Looks like Pittsburgh is five and a half or so on the road with a total of 47. Oh, um, yeah, let's see. Excuse me. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh. Sorry, what? Oh, yeah, sorry. It's, it's, the schedule here is pretty tough to follow. I'll tell you that much. But, yeah, I know. It kind of uh, pops around here. Um, yeah, my, my power right here, Pittsburgh, three and a half. Westgate open, Pittsburgh, three and a half. Look at line, three and a half. Pittsburgh and the total here open, 47 and a half. And uh, Pittsburgh coming off extra rest here after that Thursday night. You know, beat down, I'd say, against Carolina. So I feel like, uh, you know, they're... They look pretty good. I, I don't really think I can criticize them at all. Um, they look pretty solid the last game and the last handful of weeks, actually. And kind of like they're getting it together. But we've said before, you know, that's going to be looming here. And towards the end of the season, they're going to have that game where <laughs> everyone expects to, once they get that, you know, public perception up there and they get people betting on them and people thinking they're a Super Bowl contender, they're going to have that that stumper of a game, which I think we might maybe saw it once earlier in the season, kind of, and they're still kind of trying to get things go- going and jiving, but I feel like we haven't Ravens really seen... on Sunday night, they pretty much no-showed where I was on them. That was a frustrating yeah. and I, spot and everything. Yeah, so I feel like they still have another one coming here at some point throughout the year, but I think this would be the spot in a typical year, but uh, one thing I wouldn't think so is because of the playoff revenge. I feel like they're going to be... They're going to make sure they're motivated here to beat Jacksonville, even though Jacksonville's down this year. I still think they're going to be uh, at, at, at peak motivation, so I don't really expect one of those spots, although I won't be super surprised if that happened. But um, I feel like there's better spots here to fade Pittsburgh. But at the same time, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know if I really want to. I haven't liked Jacksonville all year. I just haven't liked Bortles, and it's just, boy, it's like pulling teeth to, to back Bortles here and uh, at home, even though I, I feel like there's a little bit of value on Jacksonville. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be pretty boring, but I pretty much agree. Uh I don't really trust Jacksonville enough, and specifically Bortles enough. Uh, but I also, you got to be out of Pittsburgh with a little bit of extra rest, which is nice, but it's not a great spot after the blowout against a some, somewhat likely playoff team in Carolina. Have a couple extra days and feeling pretty good about themselves, and they've been rolling here. They have five straight wins. Wouldn't be surprised if the, the stinker comes here next week or sometime in the near future. Uh, and you got the double playoff revenge because Pittsburgh lost against Jacksonville at Jacksonville last year. And then I think was it, or maybe it was at home last year. Uh, whatever. They lost to Jacksonville in regular season. And then in the playoffs, there was the, the revenge angle saying, oh, you know, they kind of got caught off guard against them last year and they're going to come back and you know, beat the crap out of them here in the playoffs. And then it was the exact opposite again where Pittsburgh was pretty much non competitive for the first half. So. Is that a deal where Pittsburgh's going to be motivated to avenge their playoff loss from last year? Or is it going to be a deal where, for some reason, Pittsburgh just doesn't match up well against Jacksonville? It's 
I don't know. I I can't really figure it out. And just the way this price is here, I think it's pretty well priced. And usually in these type of games, more often than not, I either like to take the dog or pass. And I just don't trust portals enough to do it. So for me, it's a pass. All right, on to the afternoon games here. Uh, if we go back up to the top, looks like we got Philly at New Orleans. New Orleans laying eight, eight and a half here at home with a total of 55 and a half. Yeah, power rating here, New Orleans eight. Westgate open, New Orleans seven. Look at line, New Orleans six and a half. And the total here open, 53 and a half. Yeah, money uh, on the New Orleans and the, and the over here, kind of as you'd expect. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it's a game where it, everything tells me to just buy Philly. There's just so many points here, and just when we talk about a difference in in power rating, or talk about a difference in a number as opposed to what you'd see uh, end of last year, any pretty much any any time through the second half of last year. I mean, just just crazy here uh, how how much of a different line this is, and I don't know that, that that I really can't explain that Sunday game with Philly and Dallas. I mean, I like I said, I thought it was a good spot for Philly, and I expected a, a really good effort out of them, and I thought they would be able to win that game in, in pretty handily fashion, and they didn't. So. I don't know what the, you know. Uh, I know the defense has struggled a little bit more this year, and the offense has struggled, and but it's just I don't know. I I still don't necessarily not have faith like some of these other teams like Detroit and Cincinnati. I basically just don't have any faith in. Whereas Philly, I still not completely lost hope in. I guess I'd say I don't think I'm super high on them by any stretch, but I feel like they still have you know a decent a decent team and they still can get it together. But like I said, I thought that was gonna be last week, so it's a little bit alarming to me that they didn't do that and uh, on a big primetime game like that in a divisional. So it's. Uh, you know, a little bit uh, hesitant. I might take a step back and and kind of see where this one goes. But uh, you know, I really, really want to get to the window here with Philly. I feel like just a lot of points here, and here obviously by New Orleans at sky high price. So uh, I wanted about the over, but a little bit, a uh, little bit too much uh, movement here to this time. Now it's fifty five and a half, fifty six. Just a little bit too rich for my blood. So yeah, it's uh, maybe a Philly or pass for me. But the over, I think, is a little bit too expensive. Yeah, I, maybe I don't know if I'm stubborn or just stupid, but I. I'm going to bet against New Orleans again. I like Philly. I just think over a touchdown is kind of crazy. I know they no-showed last week against Dallas on Sunday night and it was a pretty horrible game, but they're not – I don't think that's necessarily going to be a dream crusher because they're still 4-5. and five. They're only two games back of the Redskins, and they still play them twice, so it's not like they're out of the division by any means. So they'll – you'll be getting, a, I think, a pretty good effort from Philly. and they it'll, be tough to, it'll be tough to catch that stellar Redskins squad, though, don't you think? Yeah, I'm sure they'll be put enough space where they might be uncatchable with how talented they are, especially <laughs> on offense. Just, Alex Smith is just explosive in there. That's right. But, I mean, if you look at Philly games, though, this year, their losses were seven to the Cowboys, four to the Panthers, two to the Vikings, three to the Titans, and then six to the Bucks. So, obviously, New Orleans is going to be the best team they've played all year, according to record, most likely overall ability. So, not that that's a perfect measure by any means, but... In this type of game, where you're catching over a touchdown, even if they do get beat fairly thoroughly, you still think there's a, somewhat of a chance to have the back door open, and I think there's a decent chance they're going to be competitive in this game. So, if it comes down to where it's one team has the ball last, and you're catching more than a touchdown, you already won the game. So, uh, I don't know. I just, I think we've seen probably the worst we're going to see out of Philly, and you're they're getting priced like the worst version of themselves. And on the flip side, I think your New Orleans is getting priced like the best version of themselves. So I think this game should actually be like, if you play this season so far a thousand times, I would say this would be more like 
you know, New Orleans five and a half, six, something like that. So I think just the way stuff's gone this year, you're getting an extra two, two and a half points. So uh, I like Philly quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Next game we have is Denver heading to the Chargers. It looks like the Chargers are seven point home favorites for a total of 46 and a half. Yeah, my power in here, Chargers 7, Westgate open, Chargers 7, look at line, Chargers 7, Westgate total here open, 47. And uh, yeah, sound a little uh, little PO to everything that kind of matches up, and it's just one of those deals when your power ratings are right there. And uh, yeah, it's kind of tough to, to, to get too creative, especially when you kind of got your toes stepped on a little bit last week. So yeah, what, what do you make of this game? I mean, uh, again, I mean, it's either the dog or pass, and we've I don't know how many times we've said it over the last few years in the podcast here about how we don't want to lay big point spreads with the Chargers. Uh, and Phillip Rivers, I mean, granted, they're a different team, I think. It looks like they've been better and improving, but you take the Chargers with a very minimal, if any, home field uh, against this Denver team coming off a bye. It's, uh, it, it, it seems like, again, the spot would look towards the Denver side. But, uh, again, you, you take these, these dogs just haven't been, uh, especially last week and last few weeks, it's just uh, been, been a little rough for it. Uh, the, the, these dogs that kind of look like they're in good spots and you know, kind of fading these better, you know, the better teams in the NFL. Like you said, you kind of just blindly bet these good teams and which team's better, and you, and you play them and lay the points and lay the chalk. So, not that I'm going to do that because it's obviously short-term uh, variance. So I'm not uh, I'm not fooled by that. But at the same time, it's I, I it, kind of a lot of different factors as well. And I've never really been high on this Denver team all season long. I know I talked about how I didn't like Keenum and how much I was I was glad the Vikings got rid of him and how much better I like Kirk Cousins. And I mean, and that's just kind of showing all too well for uh, for us Vikings fans about how, how glad we are to get rid of Keenum because it might have been a disastrous type of season with Keenum behind the behind quarterback. So, um, with that being said, you are getting seven points. I mean, that'd be the way I'd look. But, again, I just like the whole card here this week. It's just kind of tough to make of anything uh, that I really love. So, yeah, I'll, I'll lean towards Denver again. Yeah, it's like, all right, we got Denver coming off a bye, so you maybe give a little bit of bump to him. But I don't really like their coach. I don't know if he's going to necessarily use the week off to prepare that great. And then you look at their game going into the bye. We had that loss against the Texans at the last minute at home after they traded away Demarius Thomas, and then they lose a heartbreaker like that. And then you look in their division, and you're looking up. They're three and six, and you're looking up at seven and two Chargers and the eight and one Chiefs. Like that's just kind of a big mountain to climb. You wonder if there's a little bit of you know this just isn't our year play out the string mentality that's kind of creeping in on them. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I could see a envision a scenario where that is the case. Uh, but then on the flip side, like I said, I, I don't really like laying a touchdown or more with the the Chargers head coach. I don't trust him either. So and it's a battle of two coaches I'm not a huge fan of. And I'm like I said, I'm not a big Keenum guy by any means, but he's definitely a high variance guy where every once in a while he'll, when he slings it, He's throwing across his body through two guys. Sometimes he'll get picked off, and sometimes he'll get through and make a bunch of big plays. And the Chargers, kind of like the Steelers in a way, they've won six in a row now, and they've been bit cruising, but it's been a majority against not great competition. The Raiders twice, Browns, Niners, and then Titans, Seahawks are a little bit more impressive. But uh, they've been kind of rolling against bad teams, and they're they're like the poster boy or the, the definition of just a flat spot comes into play and they lose a game like this where they are favored by a touchdown against an inferior team and they just kind of come out flat and we haven't seen that from them for a while so not that you're going to bet keep betting that on the come 
but it also worries me, especially against a team like Denver that isn't great but is capable of if everything falls right for them that day, they could come out and win by 20 and just have, give everybody, you know, that would just be a, an interesting talking point where you could see all the people saying, well, are the Chargers actually really good even though they just reeled off six in a row? So, um, I don't know. All things being said, yeah, for me, I think this is pretty easy stay away too. And I, I'd say, furthermore, when you see the seven like that, it's something where your natural inclination would be to potentially tease it if you really like the team land seven, <laughs> even though I went over two with those situations last week. But I think this is a team that I absolutely would not trust in a tease just because I think this is a pretty high variance game. So I think if you do like Denver, um, I would at least split your bet and go some with the points and some on the money line myself. Yeah. Speaking of that, we're not gonna be able to give you any, uh, roasty at all with that Jets, uh, Buffalo game when you uh, get that soundbite up of you saying yeah there's you know no chance that the, the Jets can't win this game outright here and they end up losing by what thirty <laughs> yeah I, I just well one thing that did change was it wasn't uh, Peter Anderson or um, whatever his name is Peterman behind center it was uh, Matt Barkley who they signed and had two days to play with the team and he shook hands and met the guys on his team before they walked on the field and then started slinging it 40 yards downfield perfectly in route. So pretty impressive by Barkley. I don't know if it's quite enough to win MVP this year, but uh, I think he's well on his way. <laughs> well, he's neck uh, and neck with Gurley myself. <laughs> the, the Yeah, that was just an unbelievably pathetic performance by the Jets. Uh, I don't know. It kind of just looked like they were just going through the motions. I don't know if, how much longer Bowles has. Kind of surprised he hasn't been fired so far, but that's a report that he's going to, they're going to keep him through the season, and then they'll probably make a move. So, uh, oh, yeah, keep him through the bye. Like, oh, that'd be pretty smart. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, I, I knew that that was, like, the the potential downfall of, of that pick was the fact that you have two teams that are essentially out of it for the year, that when motivation comes into play that hard, even if a team is much more talented and should win, uh you know, whatever it can come out like that where one team's just super flat. And I've been on the wrong side of that pretty much every time this year. I had the Raiders a couple weeks ago and they were just super flat. And then that this last week. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the danger of betting teams that really don't have anything to play for. And usually you see that in the NBA more, but it seems like that's happening more and more in football now. Uh, speaking of those Raiders, looks like they're heading to Arizona here. Another battle that's pretty much echoing exactly what I just talked about. Looks like Arizona is laying four and a half, five at home with a total of 41. Yeah, my power in here, Arizona six and a half. Westgate open, Arizona four. Look at line, Arizona three, and the total here open 41. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you're going to get some value on Oakland, but uh, again, it's I, I, I'd have to lean Arizona if I go, if I look anywhere. Uh, you know, straight spot perspective and everything else i mean it's a better spot for oakland if they were going to try and show up like an nfl team but that's you know the big question mark that's basically the handicap are they going to show up or not because if if they show up and try and have any kind of talent whatsoever uh i know a lot of people probably ranked them 32 team now is <laughs> taking taking over the buffalo spot uh, as the number 32 team in the league but yeah i i i, I like i said i'd lean i'd lean arizona here just because i don't think arizona sorry i don't know i don't think oakland's gonna be able to get it together and i just don't like anything that's going on and i don't like any signs at all any indicator that anything's going to change so all, all the locker room uh everything coming out of the locker room and what people are saying from what you can hear and interviews and stuff it just doesn't sound good so um but at the same time the other token of the coins you want to lay uh north of a field goal here with arizona just uh pretty ridiculous 
Wrigley site, but the one thing you keep in mind too, Arizona does have a little bit better of a home field than average. Uh, I know they're not as good this year. Obviously, they're one of the worst teams in the league, so that's going to help, uh, not help very much with that home field. But I still think their home field kind of still holds to a certain degree. I think it's just a good. Uh, they kind of seem like they play better at home. Uh, but yeah, I, I, either way, I'm not. I can't really make a case for anyone in this game. I think it's a pretty easy stay away for the most part, especially now that the numbers moved a little bit towards Arizona. Yeah. No. No real interest here for me. I would like to bet against Oakland, but I think everybody in the world would. So obviously the market's making you pay the premium for it. Uh, I just feel like the time you do pay the premium and say, oh, they've quit. Can't you just see the, you know, car driving him down the field and doing his little fist pump thing and then Gruden holding up the two point to go for the win. And regardless whether they win or lose, they win or lose by one and you lose your bet when Arizona. Yeah. (laughs) I've backed Oakland a couple times here over the last month or so and they just look like they have zero interest in playing and they're a rare nfl team where usually in the nfl coaches are doing what's best for them in the immediate short term because they're there's just no guarantee that they're going to be around and the hot seats are so quick and some coaches only get a year and you know that most usually a couple of years but gruden's just a very unique case there in oakland because he's got the 10-year 100 million dollar contract i just it's pretty pretty hard to imagine that uh, the younger Davis and they eat that contract after the first couple of years. So uh, I think this is just a really rare, like historic case of job security for an NFL coach. And I don't think Rudin has any interest really in winning these games other than maybe trying to, but it's like, he's not even really trying to appease the fan base because they're moving to Vegas here soon too. So, I mean, this might be like a once in a lifetime uh, just situation in terms of lack of motivation to win. Uh, and, and of an NFL team, but that being said, I don't think I have the you know the heart or the balls or what have you to walk to the window and lay four and a half five with the Cardinals here. So uh, that being said, uh, yeah, just kind of stay away. And in a weird way, it might be somewhat of an entertaining bad game to watch, uh, along with the other couple afternoon games. All right, now to the Sunday night game that was flexed. It looks like uh, the Vikes are headed to Chicago. Chicago, a two-and-a-half, three-point home favorite here with a total of 45, 45-and-a-half. Yeah, my power in here, Chicago, one-and-a-half. Westgate open, Chicago, three. Look headline here, Chicago, minus two. And the total here open, 45-and-a-half. Finally, we get a good game. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, can't wait for this one. It should be a real good one. Um, like I told you, though, uh, on Sunday, I said I'm excited for this game. It should be fun to watch, and hopefully the Vikings will be able to to do damage in it and, and take care of business, but it is kind of annoying because I don't really take Chicago as a good test, really, for, like, playoffs or, you know, anyone's going to be playing, and I feel like it's kind of a, a, a tie-lose situation. Like, if we if we win and do look good, it's it's going to be okay. We kind of expected that Chicago's been so poor in prime time specifically and also specifically in the division and in the, in the NFC North, so it's like you really don't take much from that. But at the same time, if we do end up losing, we'll say, okay. I mean, you could say, yeah, they have, they, they've looked better. they got a better defense and the team's got a lot of weapons but at the same time it's like well then we really shouldn't have lost this game i don't think so it's really a and to me it's not really it's either like i said it either we're happy we won but it's you know not, not nothing great or nothing to cheer too much about but if we lose it's really really pretty uh not too good but uh from a handicap perspective here i uh, i like the vikings quite a bit uh, maybe a home field uh homer look at it but i feel like there's just value my power rating numbers Look towards the Minnesota side and uh, just the value. Like I said, the the look headline. I think everything just points here, spot wise. Everything to Minnesota. Coming off a bye, I like Zimmer as a coach. You know, extra time to prepare, divisional game. You know him pretty well. I mean, all that stuff. But I mean, go down the line. I think just everything points in the direction of Minnesota here. 
Um, I'd like to get a three. I really don't know where this game's going to move. I feel like this is going to be a square-sharp divide. Uh, all the, I would assume most of the sharps are going to be on Minnesota here, and you think the square bears are going to be on Chicago after the pretty uh, pretty impressive uh, run here of games and a pretty good stretch. So I really don't know. I, I, I usually can have a good idea, you know, bet it now or kind of wait till post, but I, I see a few. I know in Vegas there's a three minus 120 at win, uh, but I, I like I said, I don't know, I could see this game closing where you're getting three at a little bit reduced juice, or I could see where it gets down into closer to my power ratings in the you know dead zone one and a half, two range, so I don't know, but I like the Minnesota side no matter where it is, and maybe take a look at Minnesota on the money line, if nothing else, uh, get a little bit extra value, I think, uh, and you know, depending on what you can get there for a number, but yeah, give me a Minnesota here, and I think they're going to be able to win this game outright. Yeah, I like the Vikes quite a bit here, too. It's not really a play on the Vikes, like it is a little bit, like you said, with Zimmer coming out of the bye. That's a really strong spot for the Vikings. Um, he's, you know, been one of the, the best coaches in terms of against the spread record since he became the coach and giving him extra time to prepare, especially against a quarterback as kind of uh, as unrefined as Trubisky is. Uh, I definitely give a pretty big advantage to Zimmer there. But more so, my bet's just, just I've been looking to bet against Chicago for the most of the year here. They've just, ever since the Mac trade on, they've been getting tons of buzz about how they're a fun up-and-coming team and now they're six and three and leading the north and but when you really look at it they just really they're t- such a fraudulent paper tiger it's unbelievable they uh beat the seahawks early in the season when they weren't playing that great and they barely beat the packers which i just like i said about them i don't think they're that great of a team and then other than that they just played a bunch of nobodies the only team that looked it's legit that they played as the Pats, and they lost to them at home by seven. And it was kind of a weird game, so, I, you know, whatever. They were competitive in that game, at least. But I just think they're being way overvalued in terms of uh, how good they actually are in in the, uh, whatever, like the, the totem pole of the league here. I think they're being rated as a top, I don't know, five to ten team in the league, when I think they're more like a mediocre, like medium team. There should be in like the 15 or so range. I think the Vikes have had a couple of strange games. Like that Bills game was just unforgivable. But for the most part, they've lost to really good teams. Uh, and, you know, the Saints at home, at the Rams, had that tie against the Packers. Other than that, they went on the road and they beat the Eagles and you know, took care of business against the bad teams that they were supposed to other than the Bills. So I just think that the Vikes are a higher class of team here and you get the buy advantage and they're basically priced as if they're pretty equal teams. So I like the Vikes here quite a bit and I've been waiting to get bet against the bears for a while. It just so happened that the first halfway decent team they play uh, in this spot is the Vikes. So I'm going to be on them pretty heavily here. All right. And now the third good uh, night game here, primetime game for this week is the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they, used, they used to be in Mexico City, but they moved the game. Now it's in L.A. So you got the Chiefs heading to the L.A. Rams. Looks like the Rams are three-and-a-half point home favorites. The total is 63, 63-and-a-half. Yeah, my power in here, Rams two-and-a-half. The Westgate opened minus one, uh, and then once they changed the spot there, it got bet all the way up to two-and-a-half. Then once they changed the spot, they took it off the board. I'm still not seeing anything at the Westgate, which we'll use for our numbers. Uh, look headline here, Rams one-and-a-half. Of course, that was... Uh, at the that, that beat up stadium there in Mexico City, so uh, that was a one and a half look headline, and then the total here opened sixty three and a half, and then now they took it down again. And I, I'm, other books is pretty much about the same, like you said. So um, maybe came a little bit uh, south of that, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still kind of confused. I don't know. Do you know why? 
I'm not really sure why they don't have this game up here at all. Most of the books I'm looking at, but um, and it seems like you know it's pretty straightforward, just a normal game now, unless there's something I'm missing. But um, this game for me, I feel like you're getting quite a bit of value on the Chiefs. I don't know. I I feel like that extra hook is really juicy. Um, the Rams don't have much of a home field advantage in my opinion. I know I said to you last week, but against Seattle, I mean, you'd, you'd have more Seattle fans there than the Rams, and they were rooting for Seattle more than they were the Rams. And uh, like we see in L.A., there's just not much of a, a home field uh, edge there for either of those L.A. teams. So uh, I feel my like... My only counter worry to that would be the fact that it just got changed there. You know, through four days before the game, people's travel plans are kind of screwed up. So I don't know how many Chiefs fans are already close enough where they can get to the game or would travel last minute so that might potentially hinder that a little bit but historically the chiefs are one of the best trans uh, traveling like biggest fan bases of transplants so yeah that's something to definitely keep in keep in mind yeah so then uh but anyway even the, even with the fan base you take that out of it, just the travel perspective it, you know, it's a pretty unique situation because you have the rams they actually were trying to think ahead that was uh you know part of uh, mcveigh's strategy and everything before the season and pretty much all along they wanted to go train in high altitude or high elevation whatever you want to say it um in order to you know prepare because mexico city is obviously a you're gonna have thin air and it's going to be uh you know kind of like similar to denver so that's where they wanted to go to play was denver and uh that's where they're at right now actually because they once the nfl changed it when it was i think the news came uh what was that yesterday or the day before i can't remember it was yesterday yeah yesterday i don't know the days run together for me but uh so they already were at uh, in Denver, uh, you know, practicing and stuff, and that's where they are now. And then they decided to stay there. So that's going to be a a home game, quote unquote. But like I said, the home field advantage when they're there isn't that great. So the only really true advantage, in my my opinion, is the no travel and you know just being able to sleep in your own bed, all that kind of stuff. But now that you're taking that out of the equation, I, I take even the home field away even more. So I don't think I would really give them much at all as a home field advantage. Uh, like I said, with the travel, I think the travel perspective even though they're on the road and going to LA I feel like it's going to favor Kansas City because um, they're kind of you know after going to be planned to be on the road and stuff as it was and there's nothing's really going to change so I feel like and you add in for LA too you add in all the you know the, the catastrophe with the wildfires and everything that just doesn't help either with the people's families and it's just a lot of different things going on I think there's a lot to go with the Rams and then on top of that there's they, they've been kind of on the ropes I'd say the last uh, several weeks here and they've, they've looked really good looked like one of the best teams to start the season start their campaign and They've been they've been good they've been impressive but they really haven't been able to cover much at all uh, obviously last week they're not covering uh, had a chance to even lose that game uh, you know it's pretty close but um, and it looked like that in a, several weeks there against the Packers as well so I feel like like I said they're on the ropes here they haven't had a buy so they're going to be tired and, and then now they're going to be playing one of the best teams in the NFL and they're going to be uh, you know pretty well rested and, and coming in and uh, you know should be excited uh, playing playing in LA stadium as opposed to that Mexico City stadium so yeah, I don't know to me uh, that's a great spot uh, absolute really good spot for the Chiefs, and then even if you take out the spot altogether, I still like getting the extra hook, so I feel like you're getting a lot of value here on the Chiefs, so yeah, give me the Chiefs here, uh, Monday Night Football should be a good one, plus three and a half. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily totally agree with, with you on the, the spot angle of it, but I just think that the Rams have been playing not bad football by any means, but fairly underwhelming football for the 9-1 and one best team in the NFL, or close to best team in the NFL, according to most people. Uh, type team that they're billed to be they've been playing they've they've won a handful of games here recently but the seattle game was a coin flip last week the game a couple weeks ago against green bay was a coin flip and they lost to the saints a couple weeks ago in new orleans so just they've been playing competitive decent football for a while but not 
just unbelievable team here that I think a lot of people think they are. So the Chiefs, on the other hand, have, they, they only won by 12 last week against the Cardinals in a game that they didn't quite cover. But I think and they haven't played great competition here for a while, so it's a little bit fraudulent. But I do think that the only blemish on the record so far this year is going to the Pats and losing by three in a primetime game. Uh, winning at the Steelers, winning at the Chargers. I just think they're a pretty complete team. And I, if you flip the roles and said the Rams are getting three and a half, I think I'd be interested in taking that too. I just think either team getting over a field goal here is the way to look. And I think I slightly like the Chiefs uh, the way they're playing right now. I mean, the Rams, they lost Cooper Cup for the year. Pretend, I don't know if that's going to make a difference because they got a lot of playmakers, but I don't think it helps at all. Having one less option there. Um, so I just think over field goal here is, is kind of a bargain on the Chiefs, and I could very easily see this being a either-or game at the end, and if that's the case, uh, I'll take more than a field goal. The, we didn't, you didn't really mention the total at all. It's pretty um, pretty high total at 63.5 for the most part, and I hate you know like uh, betting against extreme numbers, but obviously the total's up there for a reason, and I, I don't know. I Sometimes in these spots you'll get where the coaches try to be contrarian and you know try to win a you know try to put their stamp on the game and say everyone's expecting us to open it up and throw open on the field. I'm gonna you know slow it down and try to be contrarian here and catch them off guard. But I don't think either of these coaches are gonna do that. I think they're gonna try to <laughs> almost get uh, you know in a, in a little measuring contest to see who's the most creative. Uh, you know, play caller here. I can see them going back and forth and trying to one up each other with trick plays and the long plays and stuff like that. So I and I, I just don't think either of these defenses are any good. The Rams have been gouged pretty much every week, and Kansas City's defense, even though they haven't been given up a ton of points, I still don't have a whole lot of faith in them. So the number is obviously up there, uh, but I think it's up there for a reason. If anything, I think I'd look over the total in the in the Chiefs in this one. Alrighty, so that'll do her. There's the Week 11 slate. Let's finish it up and do a couple picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So after we both lost again last week, uh, you got the records on hand, or? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, hard to argue with uh, good, good, good picks for the picks of the week. You uh, dropped a four and five on that teacher that you had, and I dropped a one seven and one. So pretty impressive. Well. That one's enough to give you the tee box, so I think you're up first there, Robert. Yeah, I feel like this is a game uh, for the pick of the week that I'll, you probably pick the one I don't pick, I'm guessing, but uh, I'll uh, pick it pretty obvious if you're listening to the podcast at all, but what, not going to be too strong of a week for me for plays, I know that, I'm not going to have much, at least myself, uh, we'll see what I have in action uh, by the time the weekend comes, I'll get some, some plays coming in, rolling in tomorrow and Friday and the weekend, but. Um, me myself, I'll be on a few, and he'll be one of my stronger plays. And like I just, uh, we just got done talking about it. I want to be on the Chiefs plus three and a half. I feel like it's a great spot and uh, great spot for the Chiefs. And you're getting a good number, good line value. Everything points to the Chiefs for me. So, pretty strong play in my opinion. So I'll take uh, Kansas City plus three and a half. The only thing that worries me, I guess, I, what I should say is, I might jinx it when I put uh, my play of the week on uh, Kansas City. I might jinx it for the rest of my plays. So. Yeah, that's if uh, history says anything, uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think that I'll go with, uh, take the Eagles plus eight and a half. I think that's the way to go. Saints, Saints are just, uh, valued too high here. And it, every week they win, I think that just keeps inflating the number more and more. So 
you know, maybe I'm the maybe I'm the idiot, but I'll uh, keep betting against them. So I'll take the Eagles plus eight and a half here. And that'll do it for the a week eleven pod. Uh, any concluding thoughts here, Rob? No, yeah, like I said, this is going to be a little bit of a lighter card for me. I had quite a few uh, full cards in the last several weeks, actually, and I did pretty well for the most part, and not not a bad run, but uh, kind of a little bad week last week, so it might be a little bit lighter card, but still check out Ron Sports and uh, look at any plays, and also you know check out the the, uh, the bet tracker and everything else we got going there. So, yeah, just check it out, and uh, hopefully we can rebound here a little bit and get it back on the right track for our picks of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good to me, and hopefully these games are a little bit more fun from a viewership perspective. Yeah, at least all the prime so, the prime time should all be good. That's uh, they're like the three you know, marquee games of the week. So that's pretty. Uh, you know, that's just how they won, my guess. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Hopefully, you can go at least go two for three, and those being really entertaining, and then some of those like the Dallas Atlanta game, Tennessee Indy, even Houston Washington. They're not like overly appealing games, but you know those those are fairly competitive and. Um, you know, hopefully a few of those turn out to be pretty good games. So, anyway, uh, that'll do it for the this week's pod. Uh, best of luck to everybody this weekend. Hopefully, we get some better games, and we'll be back next week to break it all down and go over next week's games. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out AroneSports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.